hear us through your AirPods or see us on your laptop, how about meeting us in real life? Because we're taking Queer Money on the road this summer and fall. Visit QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player to find out when we'll be in your neighborhood. How do you feel when you hear someone is earning more money than you? How about when the person earning more money is a member of our queer community? You're listening to Queer Money episode 237. Today we're talking about the apparent rise in incomes for couples in the queer community. Have a money question? Have a topic idea for the show? Email us at questions at debtfreeguys.com or post it in the Queer Money Facebook group and we may answer the question or topic in an upcoming episode. There's personal finance for the masses. This is not personal finance for the masses. This is Queer Money. This podcast is sponsored by Capital One. Capital One is redesigning the banking experience by offering simple, straightforward, and seamless ways for you to bank from almost anywhere. So banking fits into your life, not the other way around. Stressing about debt is so COVID-19 2020. No matter how or when you got stuck with your debt, make 2021 the year it disappears. Poof! Sleep better at night and live happier during the day. I'm a unicorn! Sign up for the credit card payoff plan between January 2nd and January 4th this 2021 and get a one-time special offer, a free 45-minute 211. Out of the gutter, fellas. Money success session with us, the Debt Free Guys, a $197 value. Cha-ching! Now, on with the show. All right. So uh, we want to cover a topic in this week's show that is one that I know causes a lot of consternation and a lot of discussion and a lot of issues uh, with folks when we talk about the differences in income. And one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about this is we're starting to see data, more data creep in that is showing that same-sex households, both gay and lesbian, are earning more. It's interesting that we are seeing this and we think that there's several reasons why this may be happening, especially for gay couples. But we want to remind you that when we're having this discussion of what we're talking about here, we're making some suppositions. We're coming up with some ideas of why we think this might be happening. It's not for certain why this is not the truth about it. The other thing to remember is that the data that seem to be coming out, a lot of times when they're talking about members of the LGBTQ community, these are small subsets of data on larger studies, right? So not necessarily is it a great picture on all of the members of the community or even one subset within the LGBTQ community. So we always have to take this data with a grain of salt. But what we are starting to see is more data talking about the maybe decreasing inequality in income, especially when it comes to same-sex couples and their households. And I think it's important, you know, this is all obviously directional at this point, but if it actually is true, then it's important for us to, to have a discussion about why this may be true, what's going on here that may be changing the tide for us as a community, and then what can we do to replicate it so we can spread the love to all the members of our community. Uh, so this isn't necessarily to separate anybody, but it's to 
to figure out what's going on and then how can we 10 times that, 100 times that and get it out to everybody. Right. It kind of makes me think, and I'm going to have a sports reference, so I know you're going to roll your eyes at me, John, <laughs> but uh, it makes me think back to Michael Jordan and how Michael Jordan used to shoot 300 free throw shots every single day. And that is what helped him create these great numbers when it came to his free throw percentage. And what you saw happen is that more and more basketball, even kids were starting to do this and seeing the free throw percentage go up. So if we're starting to see what works for one person or a large group of people, we may want to take a look at it to see if it might work for us. Michael Jordan's the guy that has the shoes, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah he has the shoes. <laughs> Now I'm rolling my eyes at you. <laughs> okay, so our first theory as to why we might be seeing this general trend in income is living in cities with a larger population. Prudential Financial did their finan LGBT financial experience study back in 2016, 2017. And what they found was that 26% of LGBTQ folks versus 22% of the general population live in cities of 1 million or more. And an interesting thing with that is that 15% of queer folks versus 20% of the general population when they're living in those cities live in the suburbs. So more of us are living in the big cities and less of us are living in the suburbs of those big cities, which means that we're living in higher concentration areas of where there may be better jobs, higher paying jobs, or companies that know that living in those cities, they have to keep up with the cost of living, which may be increasing much faster than, say, for example, smaller cities, small towns, or rural areas. And the reality is, is that you may be living in one of those cities and the exact same job in another city with a much smaller population may pay significantly less. So this could be an interesting, not necessarily good thing, related to why we're seeing same-sex households having higher income. Exactly. And to that point that this not necessarily being a good thing, again, th these studies are only saying that same-sex households are earning more. It doesn't necessarily mean that they have more financial security, that they've got more savings and investments, uh, that they don't have financial insecurity. All it's saying is that they have more income. Now, we all know that these more dense cities typically have more amenities, higher cost of living, higher taxes. So these folks may actually be paying more likely are paying more, despite the fact that they're earning more. So their financial security may not necessarily be any better than anybody else's, but we're specifically talking about income here. Right. Our second one here is we're less likely to have children. What? <laughs> despite all our efforts, we don't have children. <laughs> the data really shows that when you look at the various couples, that the traditional family, one man, one woman, Roughly 41% of them have at least one child at home under the age of 18. Lesbian couples in same-sex relationships, their households, roughly 33%. And gay same-sex couples, roughly 22%. So there is this disparity in the family structures of same-sex households that have children, right? When it comes to gay men, roughly half the same-sex households 
have children versus the traditional families. And 50% less of lesbians than the traditional families have children. So why might this be causing us to earn more? <laughs> well, there could be a number of sub-theories to this point. One is with fewer children, we're able to focus more on our career. So we're able to spend more time at the office. We're able to do business trips that maybe our straight counterparts at the office aren't able to take. And so this kind of puts us out there to our employer uh, that we are more eager and more ready for promotions or for higher pay. Also, Another benefit that may be from not having children is that we're more mobile. So if uh, there's a job opportunity that opens up across the country, we may be more apt to apply for it because we don't have to be so concerned about how this will affect our children. Likewise, we're also more apt to live in the bigger cities. Uh, very often, parents typically want to have a little bit more yard for their children. They want to have some parks for their children to go to and maybe may not find the, the bigger, more dense cities as conducive to having children. So we're more apt to move to these, higher, these bigger cities that have higher pay. Again, this is not a judgment as to whether one is good or bad. It's just a possible correlation as to why our pay could be higher. If we don't have those familial responsibilities, I mean, just think about it. Whether it's a same-sex couple or a non-same-sex couple, when you're in a relationship and you decide to bring children into that relationship, typically what happens is one member of that couple will take on more of a caregiver role or responsibility. So you may see one individual say that they're going to be there more for the kids if they're sick. They may be the individual who doesn't work the same hours so that they can make sure the kids are going to their after-school activities. Or they may be the individuals who while the children are preschool or infants, they may be the one that decides to simply not work. So we have this happening, and that could possibly be why it is that we're seeing same-sex couples earning potential could be increasing because fewer of same-sex couples than non-same-sex couples have children. Fact of the matter is... Kids are expensive. <laughs> On your time and your money. <laughs> <laughs> How does your bank support the LGBT community? Not at all? For Pride in June? Or 365 days a year? Capital One proudly supports the LGBT community throughout the year. Maybe it's time to support a bank that supports us. Go to debtfreeguys.com forward slash cafe for more info. Stop stressing about your debt sleep better at night, and live happier during the day. Sign up for the credit card payoff plan between January 2nd and January 4th, 2021, and get a one-time special offer, a 45-minute 211 money success session with us, the Debt Free Guys, a $197 value for free. All right, number three, one that we don't enjoy talking about because we're frustrated with this one and a lot of us are frustrated with this one, and that's the simple fact that there is a gender wage gap. One that is a part of this binary patriarchal society that we live in, and it could be contributing to the reason why same-sex couples, especially same-sex couples that are gay, gay men, are making more. I mean, when we look at, again, at Prudential study, there is this skewing of income towards men, especially what I found very interesting is bisexual men are at the top of that, then heterosexual men, then gay men, 
than heterosexual women, lesbians, and bisexual women. So there's, it's very interesting, this graduation of the pay scale. But what is also interesting when you combine gay men together and then a heterosexual man and heterosexual woman, that their pay, according to this, uh, as a household, is almost even. Just slightly more for a heterosexual couple, but it's almost even, which is kind of indicative of how the gender wage gap could be causing queer folks, especially gay men, in households where there are two working to have a higher income. Exactly. And the next one here is code switching. And if you're not familiar with what code switching is, that is the modifying of one's behavior, appearance, et cetera, to adapt to different socio-cultural norms. <laughs> Try to mouthful. say that three times fast. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it's, it's interesting because I think all of us have done something like this, right? We know well, and we may have done it unknowingly where we are hiding who we are when we're around certain people, whether that's colleagues or not. We do code switching in sometimes it's done as a defense mechanism. Exactly. And I think most of us have experienced this when we go into a new environment, we kind of keep our guard up a little bit. We're not necessarily going to show our true or whole selves at that point. Granted, some people are. Some people walk in with the flags waving, but a lot of us don't necessarily have that courage or just need to warm up a little bit. And so there might be some financial benefit in that code switching, whether it's inherent or it's intentional to kind of hide our true selves. And that may be giving us a little bit more uh, of income. And we definitely see this in other areas of society. I mean, when you think about who are some of the highest earning and most prolific actors and actresses out there today, well, we think of Laverne Cox, Dominique Jackson, Janet Mock, they definitely express themselves in a certain end of the binary spectrum. And that may be why uh, society is a little bit more apt to accept them because they're a little bit more identifiable. They're a little bit more easy to put in a box. And so that might take some time for that acceptance to spread across all demographics of the transgender community. Um, But that's just an example of how some demographics within that subset are benefiting. Right. And, you know, I think about individuals who are not necessarily out at work and are able to code switch or able to basically hide their identity. And maybe you, they have done this for years. I worked with someone who I know had worked for a company for over a decade and was not out. And I knew him for over a decade and he was basically not out at work. And it's possible that him not being out at work contributed to his rise because individuals, uh, whether they're a hiring manager or their existing manager may be promoting them without the idea that they're discriminating against them, right? They weren't intentionally discriminating against this person because they didn't know that they were a queer person. So there's that possible benefit. It's not necessarily a good thing that we see this. Again, it's this is possibly the result of the binary patriarchal world we live in. And so this code switching could be a part of the reason why we're seeing some members of the community doing better than others. Exactly. And as uh, we've been doing recently, we did a Queer Money poll in the Queer Money Facebook group asking individuals to respond and share why they thought that same-sex couples may be earning more than uh, other demographics or the general population. 
the number one answer out of 17, uh, with uh, 17 votes or 43% of respondents was living in cities with higher pay, just as we talked about at the beginning. 14 people or 38% said that we're less likely to have children and that's benefiting us financially. And then five individuals or 13% of respondents said there's a wage gap and that some of us are benefiting from that wage gap. So it's a very smart group in the Queer Money Facebook <laughs> right. group. Um, two individuals or 6% said that we're more, more focused on proving ourselves worthy. And we've had this discussion several times on the podcast before and elsewhere that uh, if you're from a more marginalized community, especially if you've been marginalized intentionally or unintentionally as you've been growing up, more of us feel this need to prove ourselves worthy we have to be as good as we can possibly be maybe even be better than our peers so that we can validate ourselves and so we kind of get that acceptance and that approval that we may not necessarily have gotten when we were younger so that could be playing a part in how we're executing our careers and how we're working and how we're striving for for more and more Two other answers that didn't get a lot of support. One was queer folks focused more on education. We know that our community has a lot of respect or a lot of desire to have more education. Education is freedom. And so that might be one of the reasons that was thrown out there. That might be one of the reasons why we're earning more. And then finally, queer acceptance is improving. So LGBT people are getting more and more love. And so that may be one of the reasons why we're seeing an increase in income. But neither of those last two got any votes. <laughs> Marcus did have a great response, though. He says, it's a pretty interesting article, but it doesn't take into account cost of living. Most places that have higher LGBTQ populations have a higher cost of living. So I may be earning 10 to 20% more, but I'm paying twice as much just to live where I am. And that's uh, exactly what we we're talking about before. This is specifically, these studies are specifically talking about income, not talking about cost of living, not talking about financial security. So it's important to make that distinction because as many of you know, it's not necessarily how much money you earn, but it's how you manage the money that you do earn. For most of us, uh, that determines our financial security. Yeah. And one of the things to keep in mind with all of this data and all this information is that oftentimes it can be skewed, especially the smaller the sample of individuals, the easier it is for the individuals at the top or the bottom when it comes to these earning spectrums to skew the data. And so it's important to take the data with a grain of salt, but I think it's also important for us to recognize that the data, some of this data is starting to show some upward progression when it comes to income within the queer community and some folks, especially in same-sex households where there are, are two individuals who are earning, they're starting to close the gap and which that is great to see. Now, Stick around for our Queer Money takeaway for this episode because it's an important one that speaks to this whole idea of us earning more. And now a quick word from our sponsor. Capital One's checking and savings accounts have no fees and no minimums. And with one of the best saving rates in America, you can rest easy watching your money grow with no fees to bring you down. You can open an account in about five minutes, which means you are only about five minutes away from getting your savings to grow with one of the nation's best rates. Thank you again for listening to another episode of Queer Money. We know this one can cause a lot of discussion and maybe potentially a little bit of anger between people, but here's your Queer Money takeaway from this episode. Let's rejoice that pay equality is starting to happen for some members of the community, while at the same time, 
Remember that for those of us who are seeing our incomes increase, we need to use this privilege to give a hand up to others in our community by encouraging a more diverse workforce and more transparency in pay. We make the Queer Money Podcast for you, so please email your money questions to questions at debtfreeguys.com or post them in the Queer Money Facebook group, and we may answer it in an upcoming episode. Have a great week. From Los Angeles, California to Winooski, Vermont, we're taking Queer Money on the road. Join us as we gamify personal finance with Queer Money Bingo or catch our signature Live Fabulously, Not Fabulously Broke Talk and so much more in between. Check out QueerMoneyPodcast.com forward slash tour or the link in your podcast player regularly for date and location updates.